Following Christ in 2021 is not for the faint of heart. Striving to be a kingdom man isn't about packing up and taking a vacation. It's about getting your mind right, your gear packed, and heading into war. It's more important now than ever before to stand up for what's right and just in the eyes of the Lord and seek His truth. This ain't a cruise ship, fellas. It's a battleship. So buckle up and get ready for the truth, the uncomfortable truth. Hello and welcome back to the uncomfortable truth. We are still with Zach today. Uh, we're so glad to have Zach. Uh, we're going to just roll right back into it. Obi had a thought and we're going to catch up with that. Yeah, it's it's so cool to see how Antlerworks has, has created uh, such an impact, uh, just a a ripple effect uh, throughout so many people's lives. It's really neat. I, I had mentioned earlier, Zach, that uh, I you'd been on my mind yesterday, mm-hmm. and um, and then Shane said Zach's going to be on the show tomorrow, and I was like, "How weird is that?" Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think about you from time to time, but it's not it's not every day. Yeah, we're not super super <laughs> close. Yeah, totally understood. And, yeah. and so um, about I guess about three weeks ago. Um, the children's minister at our at our church had had been uh, asking me to lead the preteens class, and I've taught Sunday school, you know, at Moberly. At Moberly, um, I, I've taught Sunday school, and my wife and I, um, you know, we've taught third and fourth grade classes, and um, but this was a little different, um, and you know, I I'd, I'd never gotten up on the stage in front of forty or fifty kids, and yeah. you know, there's adults standing around the room keeping them in line, and 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 I'm up there, all eyes on me for thirty minutes, mm-hmm. and um, and I thought about you, and because you have been in that situation a lot, and because I've seen your videos and I've seen you do stuff, and uh, for those of, the, of our listeners that that don't know, Zach is a very talented and gifted uh, speaker, and. And uh, they, can they YouTube uh, High Ridge and, and see yeah. some of your content? Yeah, so the High Ridge Church or High Ridge Longview has a YouTube channel they can go and they can find. Uh, it's mainly our Sunday sermons, mm-hmm. um, but I do speak occasionally on Sundays. So. There's awesome. a lot of stuff awesome. on Facebook too, right? Yes, okay. yes, absolutely. Well, you know, I was last night was my first lesson, and so I've been studying my lesson. I think I told y'all, you know, you were talking about getting a crick in your neck when you bell your head. Uh, I think I got a crick in my neck when I was studying my lesson. That's where the story you know, came from. You inspired we're, me. We're getting old. <laughs> but, you know, I was um, just preparing, trying to, I mean, I've, I've, I've given, I guess you could call them seminars or, um, you know, sales seminars type stuff with, um, with, I guess, topics that I'm, very, very ver- well versed on. Right. Um, studying a lesson out of the Bible and then um, getting well versed on it, it the next it, day. It, exactly. <laughs> that, <laughs> that's a whole different ball game. Exactly. And and yeah. I knew that, but I didn't know it. And yeah. I mean, and so last night, uh, but just because I had never, I had never done it, and I was thinking, really, I mean, all I had to do is go up there and be like Zach. <laughs> there you go. Because he makes so, it, he, he makes it look so easy. He does, and he's and, a natural. You know, I just got to get up there and do what he does. And I realized after about five minutes last night that it, it, it you make it look so easy that it's like 
I mean, I was like, okay, what did I get myself into? But did those little kids make you nerv- more nervous than like being in front of two hundred grown adults at an insurance conference? Absolutely. Man, it, it, it 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 was teenagers. Very <laughs> teenagers. Man, I, mean, I I love teenagers, but teenagers are turds and man. they're judgy and they're hard to <laughs> connect sure with. Say anything. Let me yes. tell you something. Last, yell that they hate last you from night, the crowd we, or something. Yeah, yeah, we were throwing at, tomatoes at you. Dude, you know? we were at a uh, they called it Unite <coughs> Youth Group or something last night, and we and a bunch of youth groups from around our city gathered at the school last night to have a just a, a little conference or whatever, sing some songs, tell some testimonies, good stuff. But the knucklehead in front of me was raising <laughs> his hands, being goofy. Oh, yeah. Oh, and I told my wife, I said, if I had an Indiana Jones whip right now, I'd pop that sucker oh, right in the oh, back shit. of his head. And she said, I thought about that, but I'd just hug him and tell him I'm glad you're here. I was like, oh, Lord, hit me in the face again. I just got whipped. <laughs> that is why you have your wife. Yes. And that is why you have your wife, because we all have those moments. That is awesome. That's yeah. funny. Well, long story short on that, uh, it went great. Um, I was worried that I was going to be like having a very difficult time filling this 30 minutes. And after forty minutes, the ladies and the uh, the, the, the <laughs> children's ministers in the in the back of the room waving me off, saying, "Wrap, yeah. wrap it up," you know. Yeah. And, and I'm like, "Oh my gosh!" <laughs> yes. Yep. First impression. Yeah. I'm like, I had to go out and apologize. I'm like, I'm so sorry. She's like, if you didn't make a mistake on your first time, something. She's such a sweetheart, you know. Yeah. Some, you know, some, something had to go wrong the first time, uh, and she was like, but other than that, it went great and made me feel great, even though I know that i've got a lot of polishing to do that's awesome that's awesome we all have a lot of polishing zach when did you know that you're being called to the ministry how'd that how'd that process work out for you really when i was um i was 17 i mean i was a church kid growing up i tell everybody i had a drug problem my mom drugged me to church on sunday night (laughs) you tell he's a youth speaker (laughs) you know i mean i was drug everywhere and then she would open the place up and shut it down man i tell her i was like i wrote my first novel while you were you know, you were staying after church talking to somebody. I learned how to play the drums. I've learned how to speak multiple languages. And I, I, I don't. Sean and I know all about that. Our dad yeah. was the same way. Yeah. Still is that way. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And so, but I did legitimately did learn how to play the drums because she would stay and talk at church. But, um, so yeah, when I was, uh, I was like 17 years old. I remember just talking to my mom and, and, um, I told her, I said, you know, I, I don't know if this is all legit like I don't I don't I've never actually heard God for myself I've you know I've never felt his presence um so I'm not going to keep doing this if this isn't a real thing you know if this isn't a legit thing and my mom is an incredible woman of God um I had a brother that passed away when I was it was four days before my fifth birthday he was seven and um he you know he had a had a life-altering, you know, disease, really. Um, from the time he was young and he was born, he was in a, in a wheelchair. I mean, my parents traveled all over the country doing, trying to, you know, raise money to do research to figure stuff out. And he passed away when he was seven. And it was absolutely devastating to my family. Um, my mom, in that, she drew cl- closer to the Lord. My dad never really had a relationship with God, didn't grow up in a godly home. Uh, but that pushed him further away from the Lord. So I was always in a my home was a little bit hostile growing up, uh, but she always took me to church with her and she always invested in me. She always loved on me. She always encouraged me. She always preached at me. And I never forget when I was in like 13 or 14, I told her, quit preaching at me. And she just got quiet, 
didn't say anything for like three days to me, which is <laughs> which, said, which was right. unheard of. <laughs> and then on the third day, she said, I want you to know something. God put me in your life to preach to you, son, and I ain't ever going to quit. So it, it was just one of those things where it was like, it was exactly what I needed. Yeah. And, um, but I remember when I was 17, I told my mom, I was like, I don't know if this is legit and I can't, I'm not going to keep doing this and playing church if it's not real. And so I, if I was a parent, my 17 year old told me that I'd be devastated. I'd be like, Oh my gosh, what do I do? And she just, she was cool as it comes. And she said, okay, well, will you make one deal with me? I said, yeah. She said, I want you to read the book of Romans or to read the Bible and read the book of Romans every day for the next 30 days. You don't have to read the whole book every day. Just read, start reading and read a chapter or half of a chapter every day and pray about what you read and then be quiet and listen to the Lord. You, you say you've never heard God speak. Well, you're about to hear him speak if you'll do this. I said, okay, I'll do it. Because I was like, all right, this is, the, this is my last ditch effort to you know hear from God and develop a relationship with the Lord. And so I started doing it. And I, I got all the way through to, to Romans chapter 8, which is one of the most profound books of the Bible ever, just from start to finish. It just, it's, it's incredible. And I got to the end of Romans chapter 8, and, and it's talking about, for I'm convinced neither death nor life, or angel or demon, or height or depth, or anything else in all of creation can separate you from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. And uh, for the first time in my life, I read that, and then, boom, it wasn't even like I prayed about it. And then after that, like, as soon as I read it, God spoke. And he was just like, Zach, if, if you choose to walk away from me forever, it doesn't affect my love for you. It doesn't affect it. Like, whether you curse me, he's like, I, I died for people on the cross that would never, ever choose me. And, and, it, and it's the same for you. And there's something about a love that loves you when you love it. But there's really something about a love that loves you unconditionally regardless of your attitude or regardless of your choices or regardless of what you, what you believe or what you don't believe. And that day, my relationship with the Lord became a real thing. And um, everything changed from that point on. It's awesome. And, and, I, and, and after that, I started getting into the Bible and the words came, came to life. Mm. You know, I had been told to read my Bible all my life and I thought I was really going for it. But man, when you, when you really have a life altering encounter with the Lord and, and it only happens through him speaking to you and through the Holy Spirit, you you know, you feel a weight in the room. Uh, you know, you have to, you have to be willing to put yourself in a position to experience it. And, and that's the thing I'm always, when I talk to God and I'm praying for people and I'm like, I'm like, get them, you know, like get them God. Like, like I wish that Ever, I could just snap my fingers and ever the whole world have that that encounter, that Feel experience, that presence, that it, experience what I felt because that was what changed it. It wasn't religion, it wasn't organized religion, it wasn't you know all the formalities that come with being a part of a church. Like like that didn't change my life. What changed my life, the cornerstone moment was an encounter with the Lord, my own personal encounter with the Lord, and and no person that I ever talked to could ever tell me otherwise, you know? I mean, you sitting here with you guys, if one of y'all were like, I don't believe that happened. Well. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter you, you what you believe. You had an experience right. with you know, the Lord. Exactly. And so that's when everything changed for me, and that's when I started taking steps of faith and started speaking to my youth group. And uh, shortly thereafter, 
Um, that was at the end of the school year, my, my uh, senior year. And um, that summer I went to a church camp that just confirmed everything. It was mm-hmm. a week. It was a week of that night uh, for all for an entire week. And I was on, on fire. fire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When I got done with that. So very it, cool. It's a testimony to when, when we know when we're rooted in our relationship with Jesus Christ, when we know it doesn't matter what anybody else knows or thinks. Yep. It doesn't matter because our identity, the solidarity of who we are in Jesus Christ, if we're with him, trumps everything else in our life. Yep. You know, I think well, about... Great testimony. Uh, go ahead. Go ahead. I, yeah, was fantastic. Great testimony. I was just going to say I was cool. just thinking, um, you know, I can I can relate to that, you know, and, and uh, you know, just... It, my my encounter yours was when you were seventeen. You know, mine was much much more recent. Um, you know, like in the last two years. Yeah. Um, and you know, I can tell you where I was sitting, what I was reading, and and uh, and I can tell you that it it put me on a path um, that God has been wanting wanting me on. <laughs> yeah. For for my entire life, you know, and. And again, like you said, Shane, <clears throat> nobody can tell you, nobody understands except for you, you know, you know, people I've said, I've said many times, you know, they look at me and, and they know that I was most folks, you know, people that know me, they know I was raised in the church. They, they know that, uh, you know, Randy Baker was going to have us there, you know, yeah. kicking and screaming if right, regardless, you know, we were right. there Wednesday night, Sunday night, Monday night, I mean, su- Sunday morning. Uh, it was just going to happen, and again, from from an out, outside perspective, looking in, <clears throat> everybody would say, "Oh yeah, Oz, he, Oz he knows. A Christian. Yeah, he he knows. he's a Christian. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's got, I mean, he's got it figured out exactly. And yep. um, and they had no idea how yeah. wrong they were, <laughs> yeah. and uh, and and I had no idea how wrong they were um, until I just got to a point of brokenness that I had nowhere else to turn mm-hmm. and. You know, I went and and I and I can I can tell you what I was reading. What was causing that brokenness? <clears throat> um, I think sin. Um, I think I think I think that sin was causing it. Um, I think that I had I had gotten to a point on my uh, in my life where worldly culture and um, just and. you know uh, just every everything in the world had had gotten me on this train track Shane and I talking about of of self-righteousness of pride of um just just all of these things that are of the world and not of not of the Lord and you feel like you can't stop it right and that's what causes the like like and that was me at Antlerworks that was me like okay if I'm okay now like I'm aware of what's going on but in three years Am I even going to see it anymore? Mm, Am I right. even going to be aware of what this has done to me spiritually? And I remember talking to you when we talked about that. And, and back to you over for a second. Um, by worldly standards, where you were at at that point, you were on top of the mountain. On Absolutely. top, on top of the mountain, you're killing it, you're making more money than killing 90, it. Ninety-eight percent of the people in the world. Yeah, you know. I mean, uh, that's exactly where I was. And uh, and God said, "No, nope. yeah, you, you, you're on the wrong path, Bubba. You missed uh, it." And, and, and exactly, I was missing everything. And, um, and it's just so cool 
even though some of those changes were really difficult for me to navigate because I didn't know what they looked like. I didn't know, I didn't know how to navigate it. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I've, I've sensed over the course of the last, you know, year and a half, two years, um, figured out that I can live this life and continue to mm-hmm. give him the glory yeah. and honor and praise. And maybe even more so in yeah. this setting that I'm in, because, at first glance, I was like, I can't be a part of this anymore. I can't be a part of this. I can't. Uh-huh. I mean, I was yeah. thinking I had to change all of these things, right. and and almost like knee jerk, you know, yep. um, like I've got to do this now, you know. Mm. And me and my wife had some really tough conversations, like, yeah, you know, not knowing what this what, could this could all change. Exactly, I don't know. That's exactly right. Yeah. And um, anyway, I just I just re- remember that moment, and um, you know, our pastor. I went and talked to him, and. Uh, he gave me a book. You know, you talk about you read a book and it really gave you uh, yeah. some insight. And uh, it was a book on, about um, getting to know the Lord and how to build a relationship with the Lord. And And it was pretty well short read, but I got about three quarters of the way through it. And I identified with the Lord in a way that I had never identified with him before. And yep. I was sitting in my truck and he was in there with me (laughs) and, and, uh, man, I just felt, I just felt the presence of God, Mm -hmm. um, you know, in that moment. And, um, it, it, it was so real, you know, and, and I really feel like that it helped shape what a relationship with him looks like. And because I didn't know, yeah, I I knew that I was supposed to be a good boy and do good things and be a good husband and be a good daddy. I knew, I knew all this stuff because of the way that I was raised, but I didn't know how to have a real relationship with God. Mm. And, um, and I do now, you know, and it's, it's pretty cool, uh, to hear your story. Yeah. Um, because it just, it just resonates even though it's, it's a lot different, but it's the same. Yeah. You know, for sure. I remember, Similar, very similar stories. I remember talking to you, and I remember you walking me through, like, where you're at and how you felt about it. And I remember you talking about, basically, I don't remember the exact words, but almost becoming apathetic towards people around you. Yeah. Um, and the how I relate that is because you were struggling so hard, like, everything in you, I guess in your brain was telling you, go make this money, go be successful here. Mm-hmm. And then everything in your heart was telling you, no, Come on. that's not that's the right not, path. That's not the ultimate goal. Right. You can do it. You can. And, but it's not the ultimate goal. Yeah. And so, but when we, when we face those crossroads in our life and we knowingly turn to a path that we feel like God may not have us on, it causes us to turn from the light. Like we cannot be our full selves in Christ and who he has exactly who he wants us to be. If we're turning from the light, if we're turning from a path that we feel like we feel like, and we know that God is telling us to go this direction. And we, when we start to go a different direction, yep, doesn't mean he can't use us. Yeah. Cause he still will, but it's hard to, it's really hard in our own brains to continue to have that relationship that that devoted and that deep relationship yeah. when we know that we're not walking in his path. Yeah, for sure. Sean, you got something to share? Yeah, it just ma- well, this just makes me think about, <clears throat> you know, just thinking about just everything that everybody's saying. 
Prosperity. So I think a lot of entrepreneurs and a lot of leaders and a lot of people who who are just really doing well uh, in their careers in life, and uh, who are Christians, I think a lot of them struggle with um, um, the thought of prosperity. You always hear about prosperity gospel, and yeah. you know this different <clears throat> these different, uh, and I think it can be taken to a level. I mean, the Bible says, "For the love of money, right? Okay, is the root of all evil. The love of money, and I think it's so important to just, um, you know, um, it's something I've been thinking about lately uh, because I'm, I'm just a very driven person to go and, and to do more. Yeah. And, uh, but, you know, it's, it's about, prosperity is about blessing people, not possessing. Uh, you know, it's mm-hmm. not about materialism, but I always kind of turn to, it's really hard to fill up someone else's cup whenever your pitcher's empty. Absolutely. And uh, I, I do believe it's God's wishes for us to to prosper. However, in that prosper in that prosperity, we are to bless others, okay? Yeah. Because we're here to serve and help others, right? Yeah. And uh, and exhibit the characteristics of Christ while he was here on earth. And it's just so important that you're giving him all the glory and praise for any prosperity that you might have. Mm-hmm. And if you're not doing that, you are missing the boat, fellas. Yeah. Yeah. One thousand percent. I mean, that, you asked what got me to that point, and that's, and it, that's it. I mean, that it, I I was uh, from the worldly view. You know, I was prosperous, it, but I and, wasn't giving him the glory for sure, it. Sure, right. You know? Um, and I I feel like that. You know, uh, just in that moment, I re- I vividly remember you calling me, and you were you know you just really emotional, and that was right after you had um, felt the presence of God in your truck, and um. I remember thinking to myself, um, I felt like it was more prideful, you know, or more like self-glorification, you know, that you were struggling with more than anything. Uh, I felt like that that was kind of the pinnacle of your struggles. Is that is that fair to say or not? And, I mean, I think that that's absolutely one of the, one of the very first things that God surfaced. Um, you know, I mean— it, it, you go through a refinement, you know, yeah, I mean, and, 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 and it begins to surface. And, and that was definitely one of the first things that, um, that, that I began, that I, that surfaced for me, but other oh, was, God just nailed me. I mean, every, everything that, um, that I was, everything that I was, conviction. yeah, the, the conviction, yeah. everything that I was struggling with, whether it was tithing, whether it was, you know, just not giving him the honor and glory for what, you know, he had allowed me to accomplish up to that point in my life. I, man, everything, uh, everything, every every sin that just came to the surface yeah. that you had mm-hmm. been living in, you were totally oblivious to it. You you hardly would think about it. You know, that's one of the things that I talk a lot about when I preach is like conviction is one of the greatest gifts that God could ever give you. Sure. It's like because without it, you will stay on course for destruction. Like for but sure. Like but and and so many people come to church and especially guys like us, like business owners, people that are trying to, to go advance something out in the world. Um there's a there's a story that I just want to share real quick from the Bible that that is probably my favorite story. And, and it's about, it comes down to the heart of the matter. And, um, there's a story where a Pharisee invites Jesus over for dinner. Jesus comes over 
And it says that this Pharisee's there, and he's he's there with Jesus, and there's a group of other people there. Well, Pharisees didn't really hang out with anybody other than other Pharisees. So there's a group of Pharisees. They're here to set Jesus up, right? They hated Jesus. Jesus is, and what, what happens is we end up becoming these, like, modern-day Pharisees. But a woman shows up, and she comes, and she lays at the feet of Jesus and begins to weep at the feet of Jesus. And then she, she brings uh, perfume, and as she's weeping, she's, her tears are hitting the feet of Jesus, and she's washing his feet with her tears. And, and it says that the Bible, it's, it's very descriptive, and it's kind of a nasty picture, to be honest. But she's crying on his feet, washing his feet with her tears. She's wiping his feet with her hair and she anoints his feet with perfume. And and the Bible talks about this Pharisee, and he sits there and he thinks, if if this man were truly a prophet, he would know what type, what type of sinful woman this is. This was a prostitute. Well, he, he, if he was truly a prophet, he would know that this is a sinful woman. And it says, Jesus, the Bible says this, responded to his thoughts, which if that's that's Jesus, right? Amen. He 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 <laughs> gets in my head all the time. Responded to his thoughts and said, "Simon, I've got something I got to tell you." He said, "Okay, what is it?" And he said, "We know when I showed up at your house, you didn't give me a a bowl of water to wash my feet, which was customary. This was not reserved for high honor people you invited to your home. Anybody that came into your home, you gave them a bowl of water to wash your feet back in the day. You didn't uh, you didn't give me a towel to." or anything to, to, to wipe my, to, to, to clean my feet with after that. You didn't greet me with a kiss, which was customary, but this woman has not stopped kissing my feet. You didn't uh, anoint my head with oil, but since she arrived, she's anointed my feet with oil. And the, uh, the whole idea is that he had, this Pharisee literally from the moment he was born until that day was groomed to know everything that there was about the Lord. He was groomed. He was raised. To, to, he literally had the first, uh, the Old Testament memorized word for word. But the fulfillment of everything he had ever studied was literally standing in his home, and he had missed it. He had, he had not given recognition or glory to the very thing that he had devoted his whole life to. But this woman, who was a sinful woman, made all the wrong decisions she saw what was in front of her, and she maximized the opportunity to give God glory in that moment. And I just imagine, like, the regret that this woman was feeling, you know? Like, she, she, everybody knew who she was. She was the, the, the chicken town that, mm, you don't mess with her. Like, she's, she's nasty. She's, you know, and out of everybody that condemned her the most, it was the religious people. It was the Pharisees. And I just, I can't help but think, like, when we're talking about like these moments, these encounters with Jesus, that when there are so many people, there are so many middle-aged men that are husbands and dads that love their families. They love their families. They work hard every single day, but they go to church and they're challenged by the message every Sunday and they don't know how to change. They don't know what to do. They don't know what the next step is. And if I could just paint a picture for people, it would, fig it would be to figure out how to replicate the life and the time of this woman. Like, because you know that you have the head knowledge, you, you go to church, 
You live by the book. You you know right from wrong. Everything that the Pharisee did, but you you're you're missing the big picture. You're missing the idea that it's about intimate relationship and honesty and transparency with the Lord. You know, and I think that's what happens in those moments of brokenness. Like when the Lord really encountered me, when he encountered Obi, was he had a Obi had his the blinds taken off of a, of his eyes where he said, "Man, I've been living and I've I've known what to do and I know I've known how to have the appearance that I've that I've got it all together just like the Pharisee, but Jesus, you're calling me into something deeper. You're calling me into a relationship like this woman had." And so I I, I got really preachy and really heavy there, Dude, but no, that, that, good. that is so yeah. good. Amen. That yeah, is so awesome. good. Amen. Um, because God desires that relationship with all of us. Yeah. And, and you're right. The world, I, I just think, I mean, just to, to add on to your point, I just think the world takes a hold. Yeah. Uh, I think that everything that we Absolutely. see, the American dream, the, the, you know, just all of the, the money, the house the, on the, the hill, the, the nice cars. Yeah, I mean everything. All of it means nothing, you know. If yeah. if, <laughs> if, if if you're not serving and, and loving and and uh, and giving God the glory and and, yeah. and using your resources to advance His kingdom. Yeah. Period. And I, and and the thing is too, and I just want to just kind of wrap up that thought with this is just like sometimes we feel like we get in a flywheel we can't get out of with with life and with business and with raising kids and with all those things. But God, if you'll invite him in to a more, uh, to a secret place, to an intimate place, you know, cause I think what happens is we say, God, you can have the key to this room. You can have the key to that room. You can have the key to this room, but this is the one room that God, you can't come in. Mm-hmm. Whether that be, whether that be our careers, whether that be stuff that we struggle with that nobody knows about, whatever that may be, but God does his best work when you open up the front door and you say, everything is, you're invited into all of it. You're invited into every single thing I touch, everything I have my hands on. And we also can get in this, in this groove to where we're like, we're still honestly, if we're being honest, we're very much of the world. We're, we're pushing, we're driving because we want to be successful. And we use Jesus's name as an excuse to do as it. As an excuse to do it. And yeah. so we and but the reality is is that nobody knows this except you. Yeah. Nobody knows what your true intentions are. And it's not my job to judge Obi's intentions or Sean's intentions. Mm-hmm. But we have to be able to decipher in our own hearts and our own minds, am I am I sincere? Like, is this actually legitimately like Lord, at the end of the day, am I actually doing this because I want to give you glory? Am I actually doing this because this is what matters most? Or am I using your name as a cover-up to build my own kingdom? But it's not my job to determine right. anybody else's. We, and that's, what, that's where conviction comes back into the process. We have to allow the Lord to convict us and have those quiet times of the Lord where he says, listen, Zach, your, your ambition and your intentions are off base. Hmm. You know, And it's, I don't believe that ambition or, is a bad thing. I believe that God gave every single one of us ambition to go make a difference, to go build businesses, to go, you know, to raise our families, to, to be an influencer or a leader in our communities. But we have to constantly 
constantly self-evaluate, self-evaluate and yeah. check our intentions. Because if not, you God, and, and the thing is, is you can, you can develop a platform and God will bless it because the platform is going to bless other people and you can be a total hot mess. Mm. I don't know if any of you guys know who's <laughs> Robbie Zacharias is. Oh, yeah. Sure. Yeah. I mean, the platform that that man had and the blessing and the favor of God was all over him. Big time. But he literally, behind the scenes, nobody knew, was doing all the wrong stuff. Like, God will still use your influence to further the, his kingdom, but if, you're, if you don't self-evaluate and if you don't allow conviction into your heart on a daily basis, you'll find yourself totally off the beaten path. Sure. You know, so. It happens. Yeah, it happens to all of us. And there's yeah. not a single man, I don't care who you are, other than Jesus himself, that doesn't have to fight and, and wrestle with self, mm-hmm. you know? Absolutely. No one's exempt. Yeah. And so. it, all, it all starts with a relationship. And, and, and I think so many people just don't know how to nourish that relationship. Yeah. Um, that was me, you know? Yeah. And, and somebody... My the guy that the gave me that book, you know that that I started reading. The first the first thing he said was, "You got to you got to have a relationship with the Lord." And I'm like, I don't know how. I know, you know, and, and he and he's like, "How do you have a relationship with, with anybody, anybody in your life?" And well, you talk I, to him. That's exactly <laughs> you listen to him. Yeah. And, and when I was yep. saying that out loud, it sounded you feel so, so dumb. I know. <laughs> I know. And yes. and, and I was like, it's that simple, you know. And yeah. and and I started doing it. And, yeah. uh, and it wasn't, you know, a month or two later when, when, when the Lord, you know, I had that encounter and, and, uh, my life changed. Yeah. And, and so that's what a relationship with the Lord looks like for those of the, for, for those that are seeking. And it, it, it looks like time spent. It looks like it talking to, um, you know, it looks like any relationship that you have in your life. Uh, you just can't see the person you're talking to, Yeah, you know? Well, and I would, I know we're, we're trying to wrap up and, and, uh, and get out of here. We're around that 30, 30 minute time. But, um, I heard something the other day that really encouraged me in my prayer life. And so for our, for our listeners and even for you guys, how many times do you pray and feel like you don't hear anything? Even after mm-hmm. you've already had these encounters with God, right? Sure. Yeah. There's still, there's still moments oh, yeah. on a weekly basis that oh, I talk yeah. to the Lord and I feel like I'm just, I don't hear anything. And, you know, sometimes you'll have in seasons where the Lord is just speaking a lot. You know, those are great seasons, but there are seasons where you you don't hear the, hear God all the time. And I heard a guy; his name's Tom Lane. He's a he's an incredible pastor out of out of Dallas. He's at Gateway Church, and he was talking. He he said prayer is a lot like working for the telephone company. He said some days you dig holes, some days you put poles in the ground, but some days you get a connection. Wow. You know, <laughs> wow, and and but I think about like the work and the labor of digging the holes and putting the mm. poles in the ground. And it's like you know you're you're doing groundwork and you're establishing you're establishing something within your own heart of that. When I have some, when I have a problem, when I have an issue, when I when I need direction or I need wisdom, my source is the Lord. You know, we can we can definitely text each other, bounce ideas off each other, but ultimately, you need clearance from God. You need clarity from the Lord. You need, and 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 uh, I think if, if we can establish that and like, okay, I this my job as a son of God or as a daughter of God is to is to, I'm going to work for the telephone company. You know, like there are going to be days that that I pray and I don't hear anything, but it doesn't discourage me because I know that that this is part of the process. Mm-hmm. And so I would just encourage our listeners that like, okay, 
okay, that's awesome, Zach and Obi had, you know, they can remember these encounters with God. Well, I've been trying to do that, and I don't know how. Well, I felt the same way leading up to mine. Um, but, you, you know, there's a, there's a quote that says, when you want to be successful as bad as you want to breathe, then you'll be successful. Well, when you want to hear from God as bad as you want to breathe, you'll hear from God. Mm-hmm. I thought I knew how to connect with the Lord, and I didn't. You know, I wasn't spending time in the Word. I wasn't spending time in prayer. I wasn't separating myself from the world. I was doing all the stuff I shouldn't have been doing. And here I was telling my mom, like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm out. I'm not interested. And God, when he finally got a hold of me, was like, dude, you thought you, in your head, you were trying. Mm-hmm. But you, you weren't really putting forth the effort to connect with me. So, so yeah, I know we're, we're wrap, stuff. trying to wrap up. That's awesome. We have to, uh, I think sometimes we have to come to that point of brokenness or that point like in your life where like this is this is like the last straw. Um, and, and even if we're walking with the Lord, we still have to be broken. We yes. still have to be broken for him to, to hear what he's telling us to to be convicted and turn from, from those ways that we're walking in our life. We appreciate you joining us today, Zach. Absolutely. Man, it was, awesome, it was man. awesome having you. Um, we haven't had a preacher on the podcast before. You better watch out. You better not bring me back on. <laughs> <laughs> We're definitely going to have you back on. That, that was, was really good. That was awesome. Thanks for uh, joining us today. If you're listening out there, uh, if you got some value from that, man, if I don't know, if you didn't get some value from that, Lord help us. <laughs> but uh, if you got some value from that, share it, subscribe. I like it. Um, help us reach other people for Jesus. That's the whole point of this thing. We want to impact his kingdom. And I hope that you you guys out there want to impact his kingdom too. Go out and kick the day in the face, and we'll catch you on the next one.